This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 806 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Driving Radio Show. Go find your mental notebook again as Dr. Wendy Ying puts her second team of six vitals every horse horse person should know about their horse, along with practical advice on what those numbers and their variations might mean to you. And we'll get right to our tip right after this important message from Fleeceworks. Did you know it's not just your saddle that can cause pressure points on your horse's back? A poorly fitted saddle pad can do your horse harm, too. That's why Fleeceworks developed its exclusive FXK technology. Unlike old-fashioned pad with a hole in the withers, which may or may not lie where your horse's withers are, and features thick double layers right where it shouldn't, FXK is designed expressly to provide your horse protection through his entire top line. And all of Fleeceworks pads are made from pure merino sheepskin and merino sheep's wool to provide a low bulk pad that offers the best thermal balancing properties available. No matter what discipline you ride, Fleeceworks has a saddle pad for your horse. So ask for Fleeceworks by name at your local tax supplier, or you can find them online at fleeceworks.com. Well, Wendy, we are finishing a two-part series that we started last week. If you missed last week's show, go back and take a listen to it. Tell us what we're doing. So we're doing the uh, last six things that you need to look for. That's important information that you as a horse owner need to be aware of with your horse. And this uh, information can help your vet help you and your horse um, get better care. Do you have the first six there that you could just run down the titles of what we talked about last week? Just the titles. Yeah, so the first six were we did the um, rectal temperature, their breathing rate, and their heart rate. So your TPR, right? Yep. And then we talked about listening to gut sounds and knowing your normal, what's normal. And we talked about the mucous membranes, to the color um, of the mucous membranes. And we also talked about capillary refill time. And right? All right, good. Um, so... Uh, Okay, so you get the first six done. The next thing is uh, your daily hay intake, right? So you want to make sure your horse is eating properly. So, Glenn, do you know how much a 1,000-pound horse should eat? How much hay? Some? Uh, uh, by pounds? Yeah, just like, what do you think? How, how much does Beaker eat a day? Beaker eats uh, four flakes a day. I don't know what that is poundage-wise. Well, four flakes a day, that's good. That's probably about 20 pounds. Yeah, that'd be about right. You know, so so a 1,000-pound horse should eat about 20 pounds of hay a day or about, like, 2% of their body weight. And if they're, you know, and and that's not, like, set in stone, but that's a good guideline. Um, if your horse is, like, not, you know, if your horse is skinny and not wanting to eat hay, then that can indicate a problem. Or if you have a super fat horse, you shouldn't just give him like one handful of alfalfa. He still needs that roughage, right? Because horses have to 
you have roughage go through their gut. So you might have to get like, if you have a really fat horse or pony, maybe they need to eat, you know, something with less calories in it, but still the same amount of fiber, the same weight of fiber. Like I have some chunky ones that have been, instead of the orchard alfalfa hay, now they're going on some Timothy hay, which they're not happy about, but Nope, never are when you make that transition. Oh, but who, who likes a diet? No. Going the other way is great, but <laughs> right, you want to eat cupcakes every day, but they can't. They have to eat carrot sticks. So, um, but the important thing here is that they need that amount of fiber to keep their gut healthy. So uh, that's something that you should monitor. And if you're at a boarding situation, sometimes that's always a little bit difficult to to change, but you could. Maybe assess what is going on in the boarding stable, and if you need to adjust for that, you maybe could, you know, supplement hay or or change the hay. You know, you bring your own hay and say, hey, can you give part of this to them a day? So, um, uh, and along with that, you have to make sure they're getting enough water. So. I think that's the biggest thing I see with people that are uh, a little bit novice to horses because horses are giant and they don't really understand how much water they get. So um, what we usually say is they should drink one gallon per 100 pounds of body weight. So the average horse, a thousand pound horse would eat, would drink 10 gallons a day, right? Mm -hmm. And that could be on a hot day in Florida, it could be like double or triple that. So that's actually a lot of water. I mean, hanging one bucket for 24 hours is not enough water, right? Yeah, usually, so, you, you know, I, we've always tried to do two, and then you refill twice a day. So, Right, yeah, and especially in Florida, or if you have, like, unseasonably hot temperatures, um, that's usually when you see horses uh, have trouble with dehydration is that they're in an area where it's not usually that hot and they get through the day with two buckets and all of a sudden you have like a week-long heat wave and the horses are going through so much more water and they're just not, that people aren't used to keeping up. You know what we noticed here too at the farm we're at, uh, where Beaker is, they have the the, uh, automatic waterers, but they're the big, big, big... uh, plasticky ones so they're not the little bowl like you've seen where the horses just stick their snout in and you know they got they got fresh water these are bigger they probably hold 15 20 gallons of water right but the problem with it is a couple of days i went out there you put your hand in there that water is hot yeah yeah i don't think that's a great thing is it no and actually that's a really good um that's a really good tip is uh i mean think about it when you're hot and and you're like totally sweaty and you're just been exercising. You get in the car. If you have like this hot plastic water bottle that's been sitting in your car for two hours, is that what you're going to want to drink? Nope. No. And so the horses are the same way. Or if it's dirty, like dirty, a green slimy water trough that's hot and smelly is not something your horse is going to drink. So they might drink it because they're desperate, but they're not going to drink enough water, the, the, the water that they need. And, and conversely, if it's cold, they'll tend to not drink so much. And, the, and you see a lot of that in the wintertime, too, a lot of colics from uh, impactions because they're not drinking enough water because the water is too cold. So temperature and taste is actually a really big issue. Um, so uh, that's something to take into consideration. And with 
uh, those auto waterers with just those little bowls. Those are those are useful and helpful in the stalls, but uh, it sometimes it takes so long to refill, and some horses aren't necessarily going to drink as much there. So I think it's always good to at least hang a bucket in addition to your water, and at least figure out if uh, like some of those have a gauge on it, so you can tell how much water they're drinking. Right. But you right. need to know. You need to. What if it's just drinking one of those bowls a day? You don't know. Yeah, that is a problem with the automatic waters, and uh, we've never really used them because of that, because you really can't tell how much they're drinking, at least with the buckets you know. Yeah, with the buckets you know, you can keep them clean. It's, sometimes the buckets are a little bit easier. But that's, that's so your, um, your, your um, goal is like one gallon per 100 pounds of body weight. Got it. On a normal day. And so the, something that goes along with that is if you're not sure that your horse is drinking enough water, do you know an easy test that you can do uh, as a horse owner to test if your horse is dehydrated? The neck test? The neck test, yeah. So we call it the skin pinch test. Yep. And so you pinch their skin, and it should snap back immediately. If it doesn't snap back, if it just like if you see where you pinch the skin and it just sticks up there and it looks like you know, it barely rolls back, then, then that's a sign of dehydration. And also, we talked about dehydration before with the mucous membranes and the capillary refill time. So those right. all together. Um, and then along with the water intake is your daily urine output. So that's about two and a half gallons per thousand pounds of a horse. So, you know, if anybody mucks their own stalls, they know that there's a lot of pee in that stall every day. But you need to know that. And, and Glenn, do you know why that's important about your urine output? Well, I know when you stop outputting, that's a bad thing. Yeah, that's a bad thing because it tells <laughs> you that your kidneys are not working. Right. <laughs> right. Or it tells you that your horse isn't getting enough water. And conversely, too much um, pee in the stall, like a really wet, wet stall, sometimes can indicate also renal failure um, because they can't concentrate their urine. Okay. So, so that's what the kidneys do. The kidneys um, concentrate the urine, and they they clean the blood. So sometimes when people are aggressive about, um, you know, there's old, some old timey horse people say, "Well, my horse gets a cup of salt in his food every day, whether he likes it or not." Right? <laughs> well, you know, that could be good, could be bad, but you know, a cup of salt in their food every no, they day. They have a heart attack at eleven, but that's okay. Yeah. Right, so so you don't want to <laughs> overload them. Everything in moderation. Yep. Um, and then now the last two things we're going to talk about have to do with the feet. It's kind of related. So you want to know your hoof wall temperature. So when you put your hand on the hoof capsule, it should be, you know, relatively cool. Right? If it's hot, that could indicate your horse has an abscess or bruising or laminitis. Um, however, like, you know, if they've been standing in the sun all day, their foot's going to be hot or if they have been just exercising. So this is like just a normal horse in this stall, just hanging around his horse, his foot shouldn't be hot. And if you suspect an ab abscess, you know, the first thing you do is, or a hot nail, you feel around the hoof. And if one part's hot and the other part's cool, you know, it should be one standard temperature. So hoof wall temperature is important, and you should get to know what's normal for your horse. And then the other thing is the digital pulse. So the digital pulse is um, like if you put your fingers, two fingers, on the heel bulb, 
and then you go right up behind the pastern, um, you, you'll feel a throbbing pulse if your horse is, uh, has laminitis or if they have a, um, an abscess. But you shouldn't really be able to feel much of a bounding pulse back there. You know, you'd have to really look for it. A normal horse, you just would not necessarily notice that. But a good way to practice this is uh, right after you exercise, when they're like, you know, still their blood's pumping pretty hard, try to feel that. And when you feel that right after exercise, then you can, um, that's a good gauge. So that's like the bounding pulse that you would feel. And when your horse is normal, it would be very difficult to feel. That's all 12. Very good. Well, thank you, Dr. Ying. We appreciate that. It's always good information. And, of course, if you want to find all of Wendy's tips uh, when it comes to health, you can find them either on our show, go back and listen to past episodes at drivingradioshow.com, or Jennifer actually cuts them out of the show, edits them out, and uses them all over on Horse Tip Daily as well. So you can just search for... Uh, Wendy's last name, Y-I-N-G, and you will find all of her tips in one spot over on Horse Tip Daily. You can go down and listen to them all at once if you just can't get enough Wendy. And that's a wrap. I could not have said it better myself. For more tips on everything from barn care to websites for horse people, go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the Topics drop-down menu on the left. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of Fleeceworks. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 